Hello, hello. My name is April Malone and I'm with Yes, I Work From Home and this is the podcast. Today I have with me a public school teacher from Wisconsin, Amber Van Hale. Amber, thank you for coming today. Thanks for having me, April. So I like to go back to like our how we how we know each other story. <laughs> so I was a substitute teacher and I was uh, in the lunchroom grabbing my lunch and heading back up to the classroom to do my prep for the next hour and then Amber found me. And what happened, Amber? You tell the story. Um, so my job, I had the delightful job of checking student IDs because only seniors were allowed to leave the cafeteria. And so I stopped April and asked her for her student ID because I thought she was actually a student and she was not. <laughs> and then we became friends over the moment. Actually, I let, we should just go and tell that other story. It's our favorite. Um, so Amber and I, we were both single women living in a small, small town and kind of new to the area, more or less, right? It was yeah. your first year of teaching, I think. It was, yes. So we we hit it off well enough to like go hang out. I think um, we were just going to do like a movie night one night, right? And um, I don't know, was this like our first time actually officially hanging out or maybe like the second? I don't remember. But we were at my apartment. Yes, and, and we heard, heard this scratching noises. <laughs> and we were like, what is that? I don't even remember what movie we were watching. I think we abandoned it because um and we kept hearing scratching noises. <laughs> How did we discover what it was? I don't know. That apartment had the crazy, craziest layout. It had like a catwalk around the second floor. And so... Wasn't it like um, a renovated school that got turned into yes. apartment buildings that chopped up? So you had like this two-story apartment building with super high ceilings, which was right. pretty amazing. It was cool, but yeah. strange. So we got up <laughs> on the catwalk. We got up on the catwalk and saw this little pile of stuff and with our flashlights and then realized that a number of bats had gotten in between the two panes of windows. And these windows weren't just any windows. They were huge. <laughs> and they were old. Yes. So we thought we would try to like open the window and release the bats to the outside. But we opened them the wrong way and they came, <laughs> they came in. Yes, they did. How many bats was it? Do you remember? I don't. Too many. <laughs> too many. It was like 14. flying all over. It was like 14. <laughs> and we got the landlord involved and he came in because we couldn't get the last ones out. And he got bit in the hand, which was great. Yes. So we're like trying to save a, ba a bat in a plastic bag, <laughs> like telling him to go be seen. But I don't know if he ever did. <sighs> so that yeah. was back when we both lived in Austin, Minnesota. But now tell us where you are now. Um, I live in West Central Wisconsin now, in a smaller town than Austin, wow. actually. And so you're a public school teacher. And yes. just tell us, tell us your story. How many years have you been teaching? Uh, I am in starting my 15th year of teaching, um, but my 10th year of teaching virtually for a virtual public charter school here in Wisconsin. Yes. And that's why you're on the Yes, I Work From Home podcast. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> you've been doing yes. this for, like, ten, did you just say 10 years? Yes, 10 years. This is the start of my 10th year. All right. Let's talk about how that <laughs> happened. Because that ten, were virtual schools a big deal 10 years ago? Um, our school was way, way, way smaller. I mean, they existed, 
but um, not to the extent and popularity that they do now. How did you find that position? I had uh, moved to Wisconsin from Minnesota and was looking just, I was looking for a teaching job and kind of was just applying where and jobs in the area where I was living and happened upon this one on the job listing site and applied for it. Um, And it was the job that I got. So that's the job I have. How many years had that school been in existence before you were hired? Like, did they have some things established before you came in? Did they give you proper training? Um, I, it was like, I think the third year. So it had been in like two years prior to my starting, um, I think. And it was still really small. Like there were, I was a halftime teacher when I started and there was another full-time high school English teacher and that was it. Oh, wow. We were like one and a half positions. Mm -hmm. Um, so everybody wore a lot of hats Mm -hmm. at that point. And so one of the, um, teachers who was like, uh, founding teacher like you know started when the school started um that one of the math teachers kind of became like my mentor right just because she knew what I needed to do to get started Mm -hmm. so what kind of equipment do they give you they're like okay you're gonna be online teacher here's what you need um I was given ironically as a part-time teacher I wasn't going to be given anything but um (laughs) here do this job but we're not going to give you any equipment um but then they kind of like changed their minds and so like they gave me a laptop um and like a voiceover ip phone and a printer mm-hmm. any and... office equipment no um no all right. Well, I guess actually they also gave me like a router to start out with okay so okay that was nice because I was like I don't have like really anything did you have to cover your own internet bill or was there any kind of like um throughout the time my time it there has been a stipend for it and then the stipend went away and then the stipend came back um but it is just a stipend it's not enough to actually cover Mm -hmm. my entire internet bill so all right so how did it go that first year Oh, the first year was a little crazy. Um, Even as a part-time teacher, I was teaching um, five English classes and um, also doing some credit recovery work with a program that they were like piloting at the time. Um, So trying to figure out how that all worked and all sorts of things. Now, this is a fully virtual school. We're not talking like a physical school that just has an online program. So let's talk about what kind of options do your kids have? I know you've told me a little bit. I want to hear um, about some of the extracurricular things that they have. So we have a lot of what you would think of, like when you think of high school, you think, okay, well, yes, there's classes, right? But I mean, we have a student council that meets virtually and sometimes, um, you know, in non-COVID years, plans <laughs> um, like face-to-face events. We have like a fall dance. We have prom. Um, we have a National Honor Society that I'm like a co-advisor of. Um, we have, um, again, in non-COVID, have like a face-to-face graduation ceremony where everyone um, comes to, we're actually a charter school, so to our authorizing district high school, and we have the gym and all the graduation-y things. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
kind of those those milestone things you think of when you think of like, wow, high school wouldn't be high school without like we don't have a football team, but the big things um, <laughs> like we still we still have we really look to, you know, have it be like a full experience for students. We also have um, other clubs as well. Um, but like the Student Council and National Honor Society have been around the longest. And those are the ones that you're most involved with as well? I'm not as involved as much with the Student Council, but um, National Honor Society, yep, I've been mm-hmm. doing that for, I think this is the ninth year that I have been doing that. So you're home 95% of the time, and then you travel every once in a while for these big events in normal years? Um, I would say I'm home maybe like 90% of the time. Since we are a public school, um, we are required to have our students participate in the um, state standardized testing, which means that um, all of our students come to locations that we kind of set up around the state. So we try to have it so that the students don't have to drive more than an hour. Wisconsin is a big state. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have... testing testing sites, I'll put that in air quotes there, that we set up. But basically what it is, is um, we set up a computer lab or multiple computer labs with computers and like a big proctor caching machine and all sorts of things um, in libraries, in community colleges, in whatever kind of larger buildings we can find um, in the various communities that we go to. And then the families come Um, for one day or sometimes more than one day to do that. And so the teachers have to go and um, proctor all of those tests. And then also um, when students don't show up, we have to sometimes even go to the student's community and like test them individually at like the public library. Now you have the students only drive no more than one hour, but do you have to drive all over the state of Wisconsin or do the teachers kind of split it up into districts? We actually, we have a woman who her entire job is to be our testing coordinator. Um, And so she is amazing at her job and really works to kind of keep us also within an hour because like our classes don't stop. Oh. Um, It's not because like I may be testing in a city an hour away, but all my students who live in say Milwaukee, um, they're not testing that day. So they are still having school. Um, So we have to kind of keep (laughs) going along. So as much as possible, they try to keep us kind of within that hour and a half distance. Um, But sometimes like, because I, you know, I don't have a family, um, I don't have, I'm willing to travel just because, you know, I don't have to worry about who's gonna take care of my kids or whatever um, to do testing as well. So I understand you're living alone. Can you talk a yes. little bit about what it's like to work from home while you're the only person in the home? Uh, <laughs> I, it's actually, it's nice <laughs> to be the only person in the home. I, I do have two cats. So sometimes they have to, they become a little bit of a hassle. Um, but it's nice. Like I have a three bedroom apartment. And when I got my apartment, I like, I was looking for that so I could have like a room kind of dedicated to be like my office space and kind of, it's kind of my craft room too, but like having a room that's not my bedroom to be working in. Um, and just being able to 
and not have to worry about like, is somebody going to come in behind me or whatever, you know, be popping up. I know some of my colleagues have other situations right. where they have to be dealing with that. Yeah, I'm all about positioning so that like if there are family members that they're not going to have a little girl. <laughs> She's not always fully dressed. And so it's very convenient to have the door to my side so that I can block her <laughs> before yes. she comes onto camera. Um, and I teach English in um, online as an ESL teacher, like for China. And a lot of times you'll see these families like just walking around and in the summer, it's very hot. They don't always have air conditioning. Mm -hmm. And so like not everyone is fully clad. And sometimes you'll see like parents like army crawling across the floor thinking that the teacher can't see them, but maybe we can. <laughs> Um, so have you, um, have you had many experiences like that just as a teacher, like, um, trying to like help your students understand like the privacy for their family or anything like that? So the platform that our school is currently using, um, doesn't have the best video. Mm -hmm. And so, um, oftentimes teachers don't even go on video for the entire class oh. because it slows down right? the whole thing and then everything but he's garbled and yeah. delayed and everything. Mm -hmm. um, so I will go on camera if I really want to make a point uh -huh. and uh, my students know that I'm like, listen to me. Okay. Um, but most of the time students aren't on camera. We do like before class starts, we'll just be chatting, you know, just talking mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, even a lot of our students don't even use their microphones. It's oh, kind wow. of strange. So a lot of chatting, um, like in a lot of chatting. Um, but occasionally a kid will say like, oh, can I show something on camera? And um, we did have a student one time who like went on. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not wearing a shirt. And I was like, oh, dude, buddy, you know, like <laughs> clothes are not optional when you're in school. Right. <laughs> so um, sometimes we do have to have those conversations. But so far, it's nothing, not ever really been anything too awkward. Good. Yeah. One of the companies that I've worked for doesn't have, um, when we have adult clients, there's like up to six people in one class and none of them are ever on camera and you get really good at listening. It's kind of like being on a conference mm -hmm. call. Is that kind of what your situation is then most of the time? Uh, yeah. Like some students will use, you know, use their microphones. You do a lot of reading. You do a lot of like you got to be up on your texting kind of lingo because oh. like as much as you want to, as much as we tell the kids, like complete sentences <laughs> or to attempt to just write out the words like complete sentences. Yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> but, English you know, class. if you could just like type the word, that would be great, too. Um, and kind of reading like phonetic spelling. Mm -hmm. I work with a lot of struggling readers and writers. And so. Like they're trying, mm -hmm. but sometimes you kind of got to try to say it in your head to, oh yeah, that's what you meant. Got okay. it. Yeah. Awesome. So you have two cats. Do your students know your animals? Oh, yes. Yes. And let's talk about um, social life a little bit. Like you said, you said you're living alone and you've got your cats. Do you get out very often? I know in in non-COVID years. Uh, what is that like for you in a small, small, small town? Um, so I've kind of like curated, I guess, like this a social life for me that like works for me. I'm not a hugely social person. Um, so like I in non-COVID like would go to breakfast Saturday morning 
I would go out to breakfast and I go to breakfast pretty much the same time to the same restaurant every week. And so, um, you know, I get my pancakes and it's, it was to the point where like, oh yeah, you know, like they're bringing me my diet Coke before I even sit down. Like, so, and so like, you know, kind of getting to know the servers, getting to know the people there and it's kind of strange, but it's like, yeah, you know, you have like this kind of conversation going. And so like, just, I would eat out like a couple times a week in different places and, you know, kind of getting to know the employees at the restaurants. Um, I love my library. So I know all the library people and kind of just chatting with them. And then um, I was active like in my church as well. So um, like Bible studies and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But yeah. My mom is in a super small town and that's part of her routine is you are intentional about building relationships with the people that you see as you go and run your errands. So she knows everyone at the bank and the grocery store and you mm-hmm. go to the same gas station and they all know you. And it's, I think that's one way that people can build community is just being intentional about having that routine. Uh, what yep. about online? Are you connected with your teachers or other friends online? Um. So Facebook, sadly. <laughs> is I probably spend way too much time there um and then like during the day we have so we certainly like we have email but that's more like official kinds of things and then we do also have um instant messaging um, an instant messaging program that we use and that's more just like oh what is happening what is going on or just kind of that internal scream that you just have no matter what your job is you just have those days right um and so uh you know, certainly used for like schooly kind of things as well, but just the um, converse, like just getting to know each other, conversation, friendship, and our school leadership actually, like our principal and associate principal, are actually very good at um, not only recognizing like, hey, wow, you know, family said this great thing about you, but also you know, oh, this great thing is happening with this person or, you know, whatever it might be, kind of sharing life things that are happening that are good. So like milestones, is it is it acknowledged like via email or how do you guys do that? Every other week we have um, like high school staff meetings. And so those usually kind of start out with, you know, like celebrations of various kinds. So, right. Good. Uh, let's talk about when you first started. We talked a little bit about your equipment. How did you choose how you're going to set up your desk? Like, did they give you any advice about how to do it to be comfortable since it was going to be like long term with a laptop? Um, so I vaguely recall there was like a 15 minute module in my, you know, new employee training um, to like how to how to not multitask and do all they were like don't multitask and here's how to you know set up your desk or whatever um but my initial setup was i literally had a laptop and a chair from my parents like our kitchen table growing up um on my desk that i had in college that's one of those buy in a box and assemble easily assemble at home right Mm -hmm. um and so i realized after a while that that wasn't working because i was having like huge pain in my neck and whatever and it's like went to go see a chiropractor and they're like hi maybe you shouldn't hunch over your computer all the time and so 
um at that point i got like an external mouse and i got an external keyboard and it was the wireless kind so that i could lift it up a little bit eventually um my dad built me this super cool like stand that has a little shelf for me to put my laptop on so i can sit on my chair and like look at the screen as opposed to like look way down at the screen um and then a few years ago, I just went crazy and actually bought a real office chair instead of the kitchen chair from like 1970. Do you still have the pain? I don't. I try to be pretty conscious about like how I'm sitting and stuff. Sometimes I realize that like I'm leaning forward and I can tell if I start doing that. But I'm like, okay, well, you can't wreck yourself. Mm-hmm doing this job so is that something that other teachers talk about like I feel like a lot of people have to discover that on their own that they needed to be a little bit more ergonomic and that's one of the reasons I want to have this community is to like bring awareness to that like almost every single person talks about their chair and how terrible it was and after so many months of having to go to the chiropractor or massage therapist then all of a sudden like you know what maybe I need a better chair Uh, It's not something that we really talk about. Like the big thing is like, how many monitors do you have? That's like the, I don't know, you know, the peer pressure or whatever. Like I got three, look at me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it's not really like, how are they arranged? Are they good? You know, are they appropriate distance or height or anything like that? It's more just the number. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You mentioned that you love the library. Are you part of any book clubs or anything like that? Um, I am not part of a library book club. I have some friends that I met at like a summer institute a few years ago that we occasionally discuss, like we get together on Zoom and we talk um, because they're kind of all over the country. Um, But originally we were talking about books now with just the insanity of everyone trying to teach online when the the rest of them are brick and mortar teachers. Um, We're like, yeah, maybe we just meet and support one another just in talking and stuff. Um, I am in the friends of the library, which does lots of just activities, not necessarily book sales to support the library. Yep. I was going to ask you about what are you guys doing this year when you don't have all of your regular um, extracurricular activities in person what will you do this year for school yeah um we are having like not really sure how this is gonna work but um we're having like a virtual picnic instead of like our fall school picnic um this year so um and we have people at our school called advisors and they are going to be holding like more like social kinds of things once a month. Um, our National Honor Society actually hosts something called High School Hangout, which we've always done. But the students, the National Honor Society students um, kind of make trivia rooms or game rooms and then host it um, for their fellow students. So we're still trying to have um, like social opportunities Um, Last year, we had to have a virtual graduation, which was very different, um, but we tried to make incorporate as many elements as we have in our face-to-face graduation um, as we could. So, I mean, as 
as a virtual school teacher, you get very good at looking at, okay, here's what either I used to do in brick and mortar, or here's what brick and mortar school teachers do, and how can I adapt that to work in the virtual environment? Because most things aren't set up to be virtual. They need to be tweaked. And you were just talking about your brick and mortar friends who are teaching for the first time mm-hmm. um, vir- virtually. Are you finding a lot of brick and mortar teachers are going to those of you who are kind of more experienced with being online uh, coming to you for advice? Or is everyone just trying to wing it and figure it out for themselves? I th- it kind of depends upon like the situation and the subject. Like my friends, um, one teaches elementary music, one's a culinary arts teacher. So it's like, how are you doing that online? Um, and one is a chemistry teacher. So we've been talking about like, okay, what kinds of things can you do online? Like, how do I read a book to my students? Um, I have a friend from Bible study who is um, teaching second grade and she is Um, In our local school district here, she is one of the second, third grade teachers. Like they did crazy things to like set it up. So like families that chose the virtual only option, she is teaching that. And so we had like an hour long conversation before um, school started just about, she's like, how do you even do this? So again, it's like teachers realizing that they do have the they do have a lot of the resources to do it. It's just using those resources in a different way. So my second grade teacher friend said, oh yeah, we have all kinds of like digital things that I usually put up on the smart board in class. I'm like, well, there you go. Put it, you know, put it on your screen there. that That's, you can do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so sometimes it's just a matter of like me asking questions or, and kind of like thinking through like what, what do you already have? You don't have to reinvent the wheel necessarily. Do you feel like when you are um, an online teacher that you have maybe kind of like uh, developed a little bit more street credibility, (laughs) street cred this year, like as far as like being recognized as a teacher? I think, um, yeah, a little bit. It's still really, um it's still different i will say yes but it's still different because we are a fully virtual online like all the time online school not Mm -hmm. a well it's an option for you this year or we're a hybrid or whatever um so we have a lot of systems in place that um aren't in place in like a brick and mortar trying to do virtual and certainly not to denigrate any brick and mortar teacher who is like attempting the virtual or hybrid, because quite honestly, I have heard of teachers having to like teach online and a classroom at the same time. That's exactly what our school is doing this year. And I'm like, that is ridiculous. Okay. I'm just, I'm going to put it out there because you teach could total. I've done both, <laughs> not at the same time, but you teach totally differently. Mm-hmm. If you are teaching online, you, you may teach the same quote unquote lesson, but it's completely different the way you set it up and the way you structure it. If you're going to teach it online versus if you're going to teach it to a classroom full of students. And if you're mm-hmm. trying to do both at the same time, I, I quite honestly, it, 
I cannot wrap my head around how you do that. So anybody who's trying to do that right now, more power and monitor, to them. <laughs> and monitor the children and make sure that yes. they're being appropriate and yes. social distancing and also being clean. And yes, um, I know one way that they're trying to to make it a little easier is to at least break up the small groups according to online versus in person. But still, then you have to think about levels mm-hmm. and that gets a little tricky. So sometimes you might have your higher readers and your struggling readers not all in the same you know space so it's it's tricky i i have a lot of respect for anyone who is making it happen and keeping you know a happy face the whole time (laughs) and then you got parents um so i i got um messages about two of my children this week uh both one of them was turning off her camera and we didn't know and with our platform, we are expected to keep our cameras mm-hmm. on most of the time. And then the other one, he, he would leave. Like, he would log in. Like, we would always check and make sure, oh, you're in your class on time. And then he would, like, log off. And we wouldn't know. Because a lot of times we make him wear his headset. So we don't have to listen to the teacher, right. like, blaring through the house. We want him to have a headset so that we're, like, all not having to listen to his lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we didn't know when he would be logging out. And she told me, yeah, he's kind of like leaving for five minutes in the middle of class. And it's kind of critical that he's there. <laughs> Thank you for letting me know. Thank you. Because yes. we just didn't know. Yes. That is, um, that is the biggest struggle that I have. Not Well, it, the biggest struggle is getting them to log in in the first place. The mm-hmm. second biggest struggle is getting them to engage, getting students to engage in the class. So just because their name is there doesn't necessarily mean that the student themselves is there. <laughs> um, like I have had t- kids leave and like we will be in a one-on-one session and I had a student one time leave to, I was like, go feed his dog or something. I don't even know. And I was like, hello are you there can you hear me doing all my little things that i do to like get him to respond and there was nothing and he finally came back he's like oh sorry i had to feed my dog i'm like who did you think was going to like it's just you and me in this session like nobody was gonna pick up your slack or whatever (laughs) so it's frustrating at times Let's talk about the technology. You mentioned that the platform that you use isn't really great with video. Is mm-hmm. it the same platform that you started with 10 years ago or have they changed it along the way? Um, it is the same platform. It has gone through one significant upgrade. Um, and the school is currently piloting a brand new platform that they're still kind of building. So we were supposed to start with it, but then... There were some glitches and when we have so many students coming brand new to our school, we decided that also having glitches would not be a good like start off to the school year. And so we're sticking with the old one for a while <laughs> until mm-hmm. um, they're sure that the new one is a little more trouble free. Stable. Free. <laughs> Stable. <laughs> so there are a lot of learning management systems out there, but they're just having to build one of their own. Uh, no, there's, so we have, we use desire to learn as like our LMS, our learning management system. So that's where our, our the way our classrooms are how, or our class classes are in there. You know, there's Canvas, there's Schoology, there's Google Classroom, there's, there's so many. Um, and they all basically do the same thing. It's just a matter of, they look a little different, whatever. 
Um, and then we have used a different platform. Like that doesn't have a synchronous like online classroom setting kind of thing. Okay. So we um, have used Blackboard Collaborate for the many for the whole time past mm-hmm. 10 years um, and we are now like trans transitioning to it's a newer platform that um, the company it wasn't like they didn't build it specifically for us but they're taking input because there are so many going to be so many users and like what do the teachers want and that kind of thing because software developers thinking about like oh well we you know you wouldn't want kids to be able to move things on the board and then the elementary teachers are saying oh but we would because we would like to do matching things or you know blending words or whatever we're gonna do we would like them to be so there's kind of been a lot of back and forth like that um which is cool that they're taking the advice of the people who will actually be using the platform but it's just Mm -hmm. taking a little longer to get it up and going. (laughs) My favorite is when you can turn those elements on and off because sometimes you have the kids who can like respectfully use the whiteboard or whatever Mm -hmm. you might call it. And then you got the kid who is just like going like hog wild all over it and really disruptive. Or I have this one that you can type onto the whiteboard, which is wonderful because the other one you can only draw. Mm-hmm. And you can type like whole paragraphs and like every single word that they're saying I'm typing and everything I say I'm typing and we're making the corrections as we go along. And they can take their little mouse and just delete the whole thing. And they're supposed to be able to have these slides to review later. Great times. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's change gears just a little bit and talk um, a little bit more about like your your equipment. What has made your life a little easier and what are you hoping to improve in your maybe like your just home office situation um, going forward this year? Like what you, you've you've grown along. You've grown a lot along the I can't even say this. You've grown a lot in the last 10 years, mm-hmm. like as far as like building your ergonomic s- setup. But what about like other equipment? Like, do you have anything that you just love? You had to buy your own keyboard and your own mouse. Yes. Would you recommend them? What else What else makes your life a little easier when you're working from home? Um, so I love my external keyboard. I also love that it is solar powered hmm. because, um, so it's a Logitech k750 keybird um (laughs) i and i like because like i would always have like it has nice like touch which is always a thing for me with keyboards i had a different one and it like made a huge clacking noise like every time you pressed a key and it was hard to put like no Mm -mm. um and this one also has like the keypad on it which as a teacher like entering grades and that kind of thing is super duper helpful um and then I just have, I just, my mouse died last year after like my 10 years and grad school and so many things that just gave up. Um, so I just bought another one just like it. Um, and so those two things I are really huge to me. I cannot for the life of me use it like the trackpad on the laptop to like do anything other than like browse the internet. Um, And I guess the other really big thing that I have that I love is this like Verilux floor lamp um, that just has really good light. 
because it gets dark. Um, and I don't like to have my overhead light on all the time. I don't know. I've got a lamp behind me that I like to have. Um, but I don't like overhead lights really. So having good lamps and good light is also important. Me, do you so. usually sit in your office or do you ever like go to your grading on a couch or your kitchen table like just to get out of the space um i almost always just leave everything here because i hardwire like my internet i plug my computer like everything is so wired that um most of the time if i'm going to be at home i do you know, stay here in my office. And because it's like all set up, like it's the right height, it's mm -hmm. the keyboard, it's the everything. So. so like when you leave this room, do you feel like you can put your work away then? Most of the time, yes. That's another reason really why I, when I moved here, I really wanted to make sure that I had a space for my computer and that kind of thing. I've really worked hard at like, this this school year um like i set a deadline i'm like at this time you will turn your computer off otherwise i like it's always here it's not like i can be, shut my classroom door and walk get in my car and drive home right there's always something more that i could be doing or a kid i could be emailing or a lesson i could be creating or whatever so um i've tried to say you know at this time you just shut her down you're done whatever you get done is it'll be there tomorrow um and like not having the computer like in the bedroom is nice too yeah a lot of teachers i think some i mean i've known people that work until 11 o'clock at night even mm -hmm. when i was substitute teaching that one year i was um i did like a almost a whole semester for a teacher was out and um i would find myself staying at the school until like 11 o'clock at night and is it easier for you to just be like nope I have been that, like, my first year of teaching, I swear I was at the school building, like, 11 hours a day. Mm -hmm. um, I am, oddly enough, even though I'm, like, in my 10th year of doing this, I have the great privilege to be able to create the curriculum that I am teaching. Oh, right. So, and so it's not just handed to you. Um, it's not just handed to me. So I, again, spend a lot of time at the library looking for books and on the library website and just like scouring everywhere, um, trying to find things that are appropriate for the students that I teach. And so it is a, like, I can't just reuse like, oh yeah, I taught this class last year. So here I'm going to redo it. So I'm constantly creating new lessons. Eventually we're trying to build like a four-year cycle. So one more year, <laughs> then I'll have um, all four years done. So at least I have something to go from, but um trying to like just time management is a huge thing everyone says that <laughs> <laughs> i'm with you um have you ever taught anywhere away from your home i um occasionally have taught from my parents house which is kind of cool like that's one cool thing it's like i don't necessarily have to be in my house even in the state um, are they close to you or is it a bit of a drive they're about three and a half hours away Oh, wow. So um, sometimes I like I'll take an afternoon off to like drive there and then 
have like a long weekend, but still like teach on Friday or whatever. So drive up mm-hmm. on Thursday and then stay Friday if we've got like a three day weekend or something already. Mm-hmm. Um, I have also on all those testing adventures, because it is Wisconsin and testing takes place in like February and March. Um, weather gets a little sketchy sometimes. (laughs) And so like, you always take your computer where if you're going somewhere for work, you always take your computer um, because you never know. And, um, I have taught from hotel rooms. It's not my favorite because I don't have all my things, but, Mm -hmm. um, it is possible to do. Mm -hmm. I've done it also. My car (laughs) broke down and thank God I have my computer with me because... You just made it work and you just use whatever's in the room. Right. (laughs) Yeah. To make it work. (laughs) Move your lamps around if you can. (laughs) So what about your public school teaching income? Have you ever felt like you've needed to supplement that? Yes, sadly. Um, So I also work as an Usborne Books and More consultant, um, which is... Like, yes, it's selling books and direct sales and that kind of thing. But I also like, I love it because it's books and I teach English. So um, I love books. I love all the booky things. And so it's a good fit. Um, and I feel like I'm I actually can be passionate about it. Right. I'm actually familiar with that product. Our school has a Osborne book, book fair, mm-hmm. book, yeah, book fair that comes every year. And it's like a fundraiser for the school to get more books yes. and the, the teachers just love them, love mm-hmm. them. Um, and then do you find that some of those are, are useful for your students? Yes. So um, again, even though I teach high school, I do like, they have great nonfiction, um, which is super helpful because it's difficult to find like good stuff that is, I teach really struggling readers and writers. And so um, finding stuff that doesn't look babyish, but that right. is at um, a level they can read. And so I find it's, Osborne's very helpful with that. Mm-hmm. So before we go, do you have any, any tips or tricks or advice for people who are just getting started working from home or who are kind of thrown into this, especially the teachers this year, just as far as like make it a little easy for themselves, easier for themselves? <laughs> Um, the biggest thing that I have really doesn't have anything to do with um, like setting up your computer or your space or anything like that. But it's really about like, no matter how you're teaching, if I mean, like if you're a teacher, no matter how you're teaching, you're a teacher. And so um, like for me, building relationships with my students and having my students get to know me, like my students know I have two cats. Sometimes I show my cats on camera. Um, I am silly. Sometimes I sound like a game show host when I'm in my class. I'm like, hey, what do you think? Um, I And I share like just like I have purposely shared, for example, with my students that I hate spiders. Okay. And they know this. And that is they kind of tease me about it and like not a, in like a nice kind of teasing. I don't know, but like, so there's things that we have that we can like talk about and share and just like really get to know them, kind of see what's going on. Because at the end of the day, like I need my students to log into my class and participate in my class. And they're not going to do that if I'm boring or if they don't like me. 
Um, so not that everybody has to like me, but I try really, really hard to at least let them know that I'm a person and not like a robot on the other side of the screen, which I know, um, especially this year, like for a lot of teachers starting out virtual and not having had the chance to build that community in their classroom, unlike like last spring when it kind of just came on them. Um, I think that's like, honestly, the biggest, hugest thing. Everything else you can figure out. Um, but like, we have to have our students want to be students and want to engage with us. What about when they won't? Do you have to communicate with the parents? Yeah, I send a lot of emails. I text. Um, the other day I had a kid in the class and I called his mom and he was, she was like, oh, I think he's there. I'm like, mm, he's not. So I talked to him on the phone just right then. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's that follow-up. Sometimes the kids are not impressed with me when I do that. But <laughs> again, I like, I'm like, this is school. So you have to, it's school. All right. Thank you so much, Amber. It's been fun catching up with you again. Uh, I know that you've got a long winter ahead of you here. So good luck. And thank you for sharing your story with us. Well, thank you for having me. It was fun. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next time. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>